Welcome to The Blind Side. News and information from a blindness perspective. Here's Jonathan Mosen. Good to have you here for episode 41 of the podcast today on a wintry day in Wellington. But of course it is summer in the Northern Hemisphere and some people may be on holiday slash vacation. Others may be taking some plane travel over the next little while as the US gets into its blindness convention season with the ACB, the American Council of the Blind, holding its convention first this year and then the National Federation of the Blind, NFB, after that. So we have a fairly long edition of the podcast for you this week. Our feature is Andrew Johnson, who is a hypnotherapist, and we'll be talking about the benefits of hypnosis, what it actually is, whether blind people can be hypnotized at all, which is something I get asked quite a lot. Can you actually hypnotize a blind person? Well, I'll give you a bit of a spoiler. The answer is yes, because at the end of the podcast, Andrew's going to give you a free hypnosis session to get you relaxed and unwound and hopefully feeling good. I'm telling you this now because you can certainly listen to the first hour or so where I interview Andrew without any issue. When we get to the hypnosis bit, make sure you're in a place where you won't be disturbed and where it's not important that you focus on anything. You know, if you're on the exercise bike or the rower or something, when you listen to your podcasts, uh, don't listen to it there. You need to be preferably sitting somewhere comfortably where you're not going to be interrupted or lying down. But that's well over an hour from now into this podcast, so do feel free to listen to the interview with Andrew that's coming up in just a moment. A couple of things I would feel very neglectful if I didn't say congratulations to Team New Zealand, which has just won the America's Cup. What is that? That is a boat race. What I like about the America's Cup, which is actually the oldest trophy in sports, goes back to 1851, is that it's a combination of technology, really amazing new technology they're using on these boats these days, of sportsmanship, athleticism, showmanship, a little bit of skullduggery and legality creeps in from time to time. It is an incredible contest. And Australia first took it away from the New York Yacht Club in 1983. We won it in 1995 and we defended it in 2000. We lost it again in somewhat acrimonious circumstances in 2003. We're obsessed with it down here. We really are. It is It is the headline news story and has been for a wee while that we won the America's Cup. We beat Oracle Team USA, who were defending the Cup. They beat us in 2013, and that was painful because at one point in 2013, New Zealand was eight races to one ahead, and we only needed to win nine races. Can you imagine that? You'd think you'd have it in the bag, wouldn't you? Eight races to one, just one more to win. And the Oracle Team USA guys, who were tenacious, they just did not give up. They made some modifications to their boat, and they kept coming back. All we had to do was win one more race. All they had to do was keep winning one more race until they didn't need to win any more. And that's what they did. It was one of the most heartbreaking things in sport I have ever seen. And it kind of put this the scar on the nation's psyche here in New Zealand because we care about this stuff so much. So we've got the cup back now. It'll be raced most likely in Auckland in three or four years' time. And the nation was just in major celebratory mode. So well done to Emirates Team New Zealand for bringing the cup home. It is just super, super exciting here in New Zealand. Now, a couple of program notes before we get into our interview with Andrew Johnson this week. First, a reminder, if you're listening to this podcast before Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, that is the 28th of June at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday evening, then don't forget we do have our job club free this month. 
This job club we talked about in the last episode of the podcast with Bonnie Mosen, and it's available to people who purchase her book, It's Off to Work We Go, normally. We're going to be making it available to others through a purchase on an individual webinar basis in future, but this month the job club is absolutely free. We're just using a standard telephone conference call system for this one, but we will eventually be switching to Zoom cloud meetings, and there are numbers all around the world. We're going to be speaking with Karen Wolf. Karen is going to be talking about putting your CV, sometimes called a resume, together, what it needs to look like, the visual appearance of your CV is really important, and what it needs to contain. You only get one chance to sell yourself, don't you, to a potential employer. First impressions really do count, so this is a critical topic. If you want to know how to participate in this conference call on Wednesday evening, the 28th of June at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, then information is on the Mosin Consulting blog. You can head on over to mosin.org, choose the blog link, and it's the first post as I record this. It's the top post there, and it gives you call-in numbers. If there's no call-in number for your country, then do contact us using the Mosin Consulting contact form. We will get a phone number for you in your country. It's generally not a difficulty to do that. And the second programming note before we speak with Andrew Johnson is to tell you about this week's edition of A Cuppa at the Mosins. It's the global live call-in show on Mushroom FM, and we kind of see it as a companion to this podcast, really. But it's a chance for you to interact in real time with us, call in and share your views. And we thought we'd talk this week about the conventions in the United States. If you are in the United States or if you've traveled there and you've been to a convention before, what is it like? Because remember, we do have a global audience that tunes into a Akapa at the Mosins. So there will be a lot of people who have heard about these conventions. Maybe if they're particularly keen, they tune into the stream and they listen to these conventions playing out in real time. But what's it actually like to experience a convention? And if someone is going to one of these conventions, NFB or ACB, for the first time, what should they know? Are there some do's and don'ts? Are there some hints and tips for getting the most out of your convention experience. So we will be talking about a guide, maybe a survivor's guide, to the US blindness conventions. And we'd very much welcome your questions because, of course, both Bonnie and I are veterans, love that word, <laughs> veterans of the US convention circuit. And we look forward to other people who have also had a lot of experience with the conventions calling into the show. Now, that is on Thursday night, at 9 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. If you're in New Zealand, that is Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. And for my friends that we've just come back from visiting in Australia, that is 11 a.m. Eastern Australian time on a Friday. If you want to find out when a cuppa at the Mosins is on in your time zone, you can check the Mushroom FM schedule. And to learn how to participate in the show, head on over to mushroomfm.com slash cuppa. That's mushroomfm.com slash C-U-P-P-A. It's time to hear from this week's featured guest on The Blind Side. Of all of the interventions that you can take to make your life better, I think that hypnosis is probably the least understood. You see all sorts of dodgy examples of hypnosis in movies where people are being made to do things that they oughtn't or don't want to do. Of course, there are the stage hypnotherapists who make people do crazy things that they typically wouldn't do. And one of the questions I've had whenever I've raised hypnosis over the years from listeners is, can a blind person be hypnotized? Because people perceive hypnosis as being quite a visual thing. I thought it was time we got someone 
on the blind side who could demystify hypnosis and tell us why it might be useful. And I couldn't think of anybody better than Andrew Johnson. And it's quite interesting to hear Andrew's voice in a different context because I've been hearing him for years. Andrew was a hypnotherapist and he has a number of apps in the iOS app store that are fully accessible. So Andrew joins me now. It's a real pleasure to talk with you. Welcome. Thanks, Jonathan. It's it's a pleasure to be here. The challenge for me is not to drift off now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't go into I wouldn't go into hypno mode. <laughs> Don't do that to me. How did you get into this? What what made you get into the area of hypnotherapy in the first place? Well, I had always been interested in the power of the mind. From my early teens, I had been reading books like. Uh, Thinking Grow Rich and The Magic of Thinking Big and How to Win Friends and Influence People and How Our Thoughts Create Our World. But I'd never thought of doing it as a career, but I had some personal sessions of hypnotherapy about 25 years ago and thought, wow, wow, that's that's quite something. And uh, they certainly helped me change what I needed to change at that point. And I investigated it and did a, a, a quite in-depth training course over 18 months. And from that, from the sort of first moment of the first day of the training course, I knew that that was what I wanted to do. And it, it's, it's, it was a sort of life-changing move for me. So I've been heavily involved in that for, I think, this is my 22nd year now. Um, and it's, it's, it's been wonderful. So you're one of those people who found that something worked and you got curious and you kind of took it apart to see why or how it works. Yes. And for an awful lot of folk, as you said in your introduction, there's a lot of strange ideas about hypnotherapy and hypnosis. But in actual fact, um, it is relatively gentle and it's, but it, it can be, it can be a very quick way of breaking habits and changing the way you think. Do we know um, that it works? I mean, how, how, how do we know that there's not a sort of a placebo <clears throat> effect going on here? Well, that is a part of it. You know, I think no matter what the therapeutic intervention, people need to want to do it. If, if, if you know, for example, I've got a very high success rate in helping people stop smoking, but... If people don't want to stop, nothing will make them stop. Um, but there have there have been certain studies over the years for things like nicotine addiction or pain control, and um, they have found hypnotherapy to be hypnotherapy to be really really effective. Um, so yeah. It, with human beings, there's always a, a, a margin of error. <laughs> you can never really tell. But in general, it works very well for the most, uh, the high majority of people, the, the high percentage of the time. So how does it work? I mean, if I pick, say, giving up alcohol, which is actually something that I did in part mm. thanks to one of your interventions because I decided to cut my carbs way back and right. um, I realized that a huge amount of the carbs I was taking was coming from the wine I enjoyed so much. Um, and that was a difficult thing. I didn't, didn't mind giving up the chocolates and the, and the sweets and things like that, but it was the, the, the glass, the ritual, I think, the ritual of the several probably glasses of wine in the evening that I found toughest. And the hypnosis definitely helped me with that. How does it actually work? Is the analogy true that 
the, the brain is very much like a computer and what you're essentially doing is, is feeding it new data, programming it in a new way. Yes, in many ways that is true. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head, Jonathan, when you said ritual. The, the, the fact is that for most of us, it's the habits that we have that create how our life is. And uh, in many ways, for instance, like stopping smoking, people think that the nicotine is the difficult thing to come off. But in actual fact, it's breaking the habit. And for alcohol, for a lot of people, it's that little bit of relaxation in the evening, feeling a bit more civilized, having a glass of wine with a meal or sharing a, a bottle of wine with friends. When people make a decision to stop a certain behavior and break a certain habit, sometimes they wake up in the morning and they think, right, I'll just not drink again, or right, I'll just not smoke again. And that's it. They've, they've flicked a switch in their head and that's it. But for a lot of folk, when there's a bit of stress or friends come round or friends talk them into it, and they think, oh, I'll just have a glass of wine. And some people need what I call a pat in the back. And what, what hypnotherapy does is it just gives you that little extra boost of decision-making and perseverance and confidence to stop that habit from carrying on. Uh, and once you've done it, once you've, you've done it, because it, what actually happens is that the hypnotherapy accesses the parts of you that already want to do it. So when the change happens, it feels very natural. What about the common misconception that I hear that, that people are scared of doing hypnosis in case they're completely in a trance, they don't know what's going on, and somebody suggests something inappropriate, like, you know, send all your money via PayPal to this email address or <laughs> something like that. Oh, Jonathan, that, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, would, wouldn't that? it? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there is this misconception, though, uh, especially from, from B-grade movies and things, that people are hypnotized yeah. to do criminal or terrible things. So why doesn't that happen? Well, people simply won't do anything that they don't want to do. It's as simple as that. Hypnosis is not in any way controlling. As I've said to many people, if I could make people lose weight, I would be the richest man in the world. There's just no doubt of that. You can't. What you've got to do is add to their desire to do something. So people need to want to change. Now, most people's perceptions of hypnosis are what they see in a stage show, stage, stage hypnotists, they're not hypnotherapists. And what you find is that, you, let's just say for the sake of example, you have 200 people going along to a stage show and most of them will know what to expect. They've seen it before or they've seen it on telly. And the, the hypnotist will use a variety of little techniques to find people who are susceptible to suggestion. Now, the classic technique is that he or she will ask the audience to clasp their hands together and he or she will give suggestions that the hands are getting tighter and they're locking together. Some people don't clasp their hands. Some people do and they start to get tighter and they pull their hands apart because they don't want to go any further. And some people find that their hands are getting really tight and it's almost impossible to pull them apart. And that proves just one thing. That just proves imagination. That's all it is, just imagination. A good mind-body link 
i.e. they think about doing something, they're given suggestions, and their body does it. The hypnotist will then ask for volunteers to come on stage. And out of the volunteers, he will probably pick six. And out of the six, they'll be the star of the show, someone who's very suggestible. But here's the thing. When you have people who go to a show and, A, they know what's going to happen, B, they're suggestible, i.e. they're highly imaginative, and C, they have volunteered to go on stage, then you can suggest things to them like they are singing or they're, a, or, or, or they're back in their childhood or they're, they're running a race, but they will not cross a moral boundary. They will not do anything. So you can say, here's a gun and go and rob a bank, but they won't. Because as I say, if you could, if you can make people do things like that, you can, you, you would be much better and richer making them lose weight. <laughs> I must say, what I remember to say this, how much I appreciate the fact that in one of your hypnosis sessions on losing weight, I think you're quite neutral in your language about how, and I really appreciate that because, of course, subscribing to the low-carb way of, of eating, as I now do, and having lost a significant amount of weight, you do get a lot of low-fat options thrown at you, and you're very careful about that. You're talking about not eating fattening foods. It's up to you to decide what the fattening foods are. Which uh, I don't know yeah. whether you did that deliberately, but that's a very good strategy. Well, it's a general strategy, Jonathan. If someone comes to see me on a one-to-one -one basis, then you get all the information you need as to what they want to change, where their weak points are, what makes their eating habits worse, what makes them better, what they're actually trying to do, and the reasons behind them wanting to lose weight, which could be, you know, in the dozens. When you're doing a recording, however, you've got to have it pretty general. Mm. And what works very well with, with weight control uh, with the apps is simple suggestions. Um, so you're absolutely right. Keeping it relatively vague but positive works very well for the majority of people. So the first part of this process is to get one relaxed, I guess, and, and yes. in a mode where you are willing to be susceptible to positive suggestions that you're willing to, to, to receive. Is that a yes. fair summary? So you, you've, you, there's a, a relaxed summary. component first. Yes. Hypnotherapy consists of well, many parts, but in general there is an induction and then the therapy itself. The induction is a variety of gentle techniques, which you will be really familiar with on the, on the apps, which just guides someone down into a state of relaxation. And that state you can call trance, but you can also call mindfulness, or you could call it a meditative state. But in truth, it's just a deeply relaxed physical and emotional state. And when you have someone who is relaxed and comfortable, and uh, their breathing is slow, and their heart rate has slowed down, and the tension has left all their muscles and they're sitting with their eyes closed. What happens is that the conscious mind, for the want of a better expression, just switches off or drifts off somewhere else. And you're left talking to the unconscious mind, which is the sort of 99% of the mind. So the unconscious mind will take on board 
positive and healthy and beneficial suggestions that are specifically tailored to go along with what the person wants to do. Now, let's think of it in the case of stopping smoking. Someone is talking to someone about stopping smoking and the conscious mind, if they're awake, the conscious mind is thinking at the same time, thinking, who the hell do you think you are telling me to stop smoking? I've tried before. I can't do it. I want a cigarette. I want to do this. And there's this constant chatter. And that is what the unconscious mind is also hearing. Whereas in its simplest definition, when people are in trance, in hypnosis, in a meditative state, and you're giving them positive suggestions about how wonderful life could be when they get healthier, the money they're saving, the, 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 the benefits to their family and their health and their taste buds and their smell and how they're going to save money and blah, 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 blah. And all these positive suggestions. It's all going in much deeper. And it breaks the thought pattern. It starts to break the habit. So it's a, as I said earlier, it's a, it's a beautifully simplistic technique, but it works very, very well for the majority of people, assuming that they have already made the decision to change. But by the very nature of them downloading an app or booking an appointment and coming to see a therapist, they're already halfway there. Tell me about the process of being in a hypnotic trance. Are you absolutely unaware of what's going on? Does a trance mean different things to different people based on how suggestible they are or how relaxed they are? You are probably more aware of what's going on rather than less, certainly in a one-to-one session. Huge focus on what's being said, and yet at times the mind can wander off, the conscious mind. And there are times in hypnosis that people will be thinking about other things, away in a little journey, somewhere, just the mind drifting, and then they suddenly realise that they haven't been listening. And that's absolutely fine. And that is the same process that happens when you're driving, when you're reading books, when you're listening to music. The conscious mind can wander off, and all of a sudden you realise that 10 minutes can by. But... If I was to do a hypnotherapy session and people would be, the client is deeply relaxed and away thinking about something else, and I suddenly introduce the line, and you will send me all your money <laughs> via, via PayPal, they will, they will be completely aware of that, totally and utterly aware of it. And uh, they are in full control to stand up and smack me in the face for suggesting <laughs> such a thing. The apps and the sessions are very different. When you're sitting with, with a, a, a therapist, you're aware of what's happening. You're in a comfortable chair. You're listening to the voice going on and relaxing you and going through all the suggestions. And your mind may wander off. With the apps, however, people are in the comfort of their own home. And more often than not, they're listening last thing at night and they'll probably fall asleep while they're listening, if, they, if they're listening in their bed. And the suggestions still work beautifully, even if people fall asleep. And it's one of the great additional benefits of these apps that people will buy them for specific purposes, but they'll find that their sleeping patterns have got much better, simply because they're falling asleep quicker and falling asleep and going into a deeper sleep. 
Many blind people will be glad to hear that because a lot of blind people without light perception have this kind of circadian rhythm in freefall mm. because they're not getting regular, you know, they're not getting a signal to regulate the supply of melatonin. So anything that assists Oops. with sleep is a really is a really good thing. So do you think that attending a hypnotherapy session in person is superior to using the app or are they identical or different in, in some way? That's a difficult one. I think, as mentioned earlier, the apps have to be quite general. And therefore, the apps work very well for issues that the vast majority of people have, like like sleeping or weight control or stopping smoking. There are very few surprises when it comes to someone breaking smoking habits because most smokers follow the same habitual patterns. However, there are very specific issues that aren't covered in the apps, and that's why a a one-to-one session is much more beneficial for those very specific issues. There is also, you talked earlier about the placebo effect, but there is also something about going along to see a therapist and discussing the issue and spending some time and having a se- an, an hour-long session and spending the money for that. You've invested your time and your money in doing it, so there's a, there's a tendency for the success to be higher with that. What works well with the apps is using them on a regular basis. What I would do if I see someone for a one-to-one session is I will give them a recording it used to be on cassette and then it was CD and now I, when someone comes along I give them a downloadable MP3 or point them to the app and that is a sort of a belt and braces approach for a for, for a session that they they do a session and then they'll take away a recording to use on a on a daily or nightly basis for three weeks to 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 help the process of changing and breaking habits. You've got to be disciplined about that, I imagine, the, the the three weeks thing at least, because I've read all sorts of literature about how long it takes to change a habit. And, yep. you know, I remember that now I'm – I if I don't do my 30 minutes of pretty aggressive exercise every day, I feel like something's missing and, and, and I, yeah. I've got this internal nagging thing going on. But it took me a very long time to get into that – mode and for a long time I would think oh I can probably just give it a miss today kind of thing. Changing a habit like that so that it's just as ingrained as cleaning your teeth it's really tough to do. It is. There's no doubt of that. Um, And again I think you said the perfect thing there A, a lot of people let's talk about exercise for a moment the creating of a habit to do 30 minutes exercise is something that a lot of people struggle to do because what they're doing is they're pushing against all their boundaries and they're doing something that generally underneath all they don't necessarily want to do. Mm. But what happens is, as you've found out, you, you get to a certain stage where the benefits, you actually see the benefits. You see and you feel the benefits and they're undeniable to you. And that's when it's very difficult to go back to the old behaviours because you've actually seen the benefits. And that's why an awful lot of people have difficulty with weight loss because they do something quite strict with themselves for a couple of days or, or a week or two. and But they don't really see quick benefits. 
So they go back to the old patterns of eating for stress relief or eating because they're bored or eating the making the wrong choices. Whereas when you break the habits in your head and you stick with it and you actually see the benefits and you start having people commenting on how well you look and you can buy new clothes, then it's very it can be very difficult then to go back to the way you were, which is which is wonderful. But you've got to get to that stage. Yeah. And we live in an instant gratification society, so having to wait for something like that to happen is something that many of us find difficult these days. But it, yes. it, just hearing you talking about this, it, the other day my son said to me, Dad, I can't believe how good you look these days. And I've actually had to throw out a whole my, – my entire wardrobe has been thrown out, and I'm just about to have to do it a second time. And that's, so that's you know, fantastic. <laughs> with that kind of reward, you just can't go back. You just wouldn't. No. You just wouldn't want to. But it takes a long time. And um, I suppose yeah. the, the the deal is that there's got to be something in your brain, some sort of incentive that makes it worth persisting with. And I suppose that's where the hypnosis can really help. It, it's kind of like sports coaching in some ways, positive visualization and, and understand where you could be, looking at where you want to be. Yes. Goal setting is hugely important and having an idea that what you're doing is achievable is important. Having a regular routine is important and keeping positive is important with patience because things do take a, a little time to change, especially when it's something physical, weight control. It's a, it's a slow process. Uh, it is very easy to lose weight, just stop eating, but you're not going to be very well, and it's the wrong type of weight that's coming off. So mm. little subtle changes, being strong, being positive. I think one of the things that people love about the apps is that there's not really a great deal of effort to use them. An awful lot of people have smartphones nowadays. They, the smartphone sits at the side of their bed, and they put on the app, they put their headphones on if they choose to, and all of a sudden, they're in a relaxed state. And more often than not, they fall asleep and they get a better night's sleep. And as I've said many times to people, you can listen to the apps for months and months and months, and there are no negative side effects. There are no chemicals. You can't get addicted. There's no calories, uh, and it's all positive. What we found to our surprise with the apps is that people might – buy one for losing weight or, or whatever subject, and they actually succeed and they get to their goals, but they still continue to listen to the app because they enjoy the positivity and the relaxation that comes with it. I'm interested in the whole subject of mood, depression, and how you know as a hypnotherapist of considerable experience now when to hand over, because I know that there are hypnotherapy sessions and you do a number of them that deal with positivity uh, but I suppose you you also have a duty to try and detect uh, with your clients who see you in person when someone's gone beyond just feeling a bit down in the dumps about things to clinical depression does hypnosis mm. help with clinical depression or is there a time where you say okay it's time to hand over to um, psychiatric assistance or potentially um, medication well, that's a funny one because, in truth, anyone that's sort of clinically depressed wouldn't even come to see a hypnotherapist. Now, that's a very broad brush stroke, but it tends to be true. 
if someone had called me up, I don't see very many clients these days because I'm busy with the recordings, but if someone called up and 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 said I should work with or could I work with their wife, for example, and she's clinically depressed, I would probably put them on to someone else that's a bit more specialist than I am. It's the same with alcohol. If, you know, There's no way that I can really help someone stop drinking unless they have actually stopped drinking. I know that sounds ridiculous, but until they've made the decision to stop, even if it's that morning, then the hypnotherapy would have no effect because what, what's happening is they might come for a session and they might think about not drinking for you know a couple of hours, but as soon as they have a drink, they're back on the back on that bad habit again. Um, so I think in the case of things like severe depression, I would work in conjunction with with a specialist, and I would be working on this sort of the goal setting side of things, the positivity and confidence side of things, um, perhaps to help them with coping skills so that they feel a bit more in control Um, because that's really what it comes down to I think no matter what's going on in your life people want to feel as if they're a bit more in control Mm. You were mentioning the benefits of a one-on-one session and I was thinking about how the apps really benefit people maybe of a range of disabilities who have some difficulty with transportation perhaps it's difficult to get to a hypnotherapist maybe by the time they do get there like in quite a stressed state because traveling mm-hmm. is more stressful for some people than others. And that got me thinking, is there a middle ground? Is it possible to do effective one-on-one hypnotherapy using technologies like Skype, for instance? There is, and I have done a couple of Skype sessions, and it can be beneficial. There are downsides to it. Um, the downsides are that if someone comes to a clinic you, you the, the therapist is in control of the environment, so they know the noise levels and they know X, Y, and Z, and you know the phone's off. If you're doing a Skype session with someone and they're in their own house, with the best will in the world, no matter how many times you tell them to do certain things, people can't predict that someone's not going to come to the door. I, I I had a session about six months ago with this lady in, I think she was in California, and we did this, you know, send a big long email that says, turn the phone off, do this, do this, do this. And she was sitting there. I could see her. She could see me. We started the, the session, uh, and about 15 minutes in, she's sitting there deeply relaxed, and out of the corner of the screen comes a cat. <laughs> and it climbs over her, and then it climbed up her, and it was rubbing its face on her face, and then it got onto the back of the chair, and it was playing with her hair. <laughs> and, you know, afterwards she laughed about it, and I laughed about it. And It was her cat, obviously, and she was still comfortable with the cat being there. It didn't really disturb things. But the, the the point I'm making is you don't want to get halfway through a session and the internet goes down. Not that that would be, that would just spoil the session. Mm. Folk would just notice that the, the internet's down and after a while get bored and open their eyes. But <laughs> there are a few things that can happen. So it's it can be done. I know that some people do it very successfully. There are just a few things that you need to absolutely make sure that you're in control of. <laughs> now, Kids walking through the door and doorbells going in deliveries and 
fire alarms going off. Right. That reminds me too. So one of the questions I've received a lot about hypnotherapy over the years is, can you get stuck in a trance? I mean, if your phone goes flat when you're in the middle of the app, are you going to be somehow stuck in this trance, no. uh, some sort of dangerous position to be in? No, it can't happen. It, it simply can't happen. And the only way, if your phone runs out of battery and uh, you're in this deeply relaxed state, there are three things that will happen. After a while, you'll notice it's not playing and you'll open your eyes, just like having a, you know, after a nap. Or you will just fall asleep if you're in your bed and it's last thing at night. Or thirdly, you might just think, gosh, this is nice, I'll just stay here. And that's a conscious decision. But in all the years I've been doing this, thousands and thousands and thousands of clients one-to-one clients. I've never had anyone really that's felt uncomfortable. I've never had anyone that uh, falls asleep during a one-to-one session. And I've never, never had anyone that doesn't want to come back out of the relaxed state. And with the apps, or you read the reviews on the app store, you'll find that the vast majority of people really benefit and really love it. Um, so it's just that it's a, there are two stages in life, in, in the day, that people go through called the hypnopompic and the hypnagogic state. These are the states that people go through as they fall asleep in the evening. That's the hypnagogic. And the hypnopompic is when people wake in the morning and they sort of, I guess people will recognize this. They, they're lying, as, they, they are asleep and then at some point they realize they're awake. And the alarm hasn't gone off yet. And they're hoping that the alarm won't go off because they're warm and comfortable and happy and content and relaxed. And that state in the morning and the state as people fall asleep at night are the closest you can get to the feeling of hypnosis, being in a hypnotic trance. Lovely, gentle, safe, comfortable, relaxed, can't be bothered, mind drifting off. It's, it is a lovely thing. Mm. Um, So no one gets stuck in it. Really, I've never had that happen. I've never heard of it happening. I was interested that you have also done a little work on meditation. There's a meditation app in the App Store. That seems to me in some ways to be, I mean, while it's very beneficial, it's it's almost like the antithesis of hypnosis, where with hypnosis you're, you're relaxing, it doesn't matter if your mind drifts off. Meditation tends to be more about focus and being very aware and trying to banish those wandering thoughts. Do you think that there's a stark contrast there, or are they are they somehow interconnected? The physical sensations are very similar when you're meditating to and being mindful and in a self-hypnotic trance. The physical sensations are almost identical. It's what's happening in the mind that's different. So hypnotherapy, the muscles are heavy and relaxed and the tension is released and the breathing is slow and the heart rate is slow, but you're using the mind and giving the, 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 the mind commands, positive commands to change specific behaviors. In meditation, the physical sensations are exactly the same. You're sitting, relaxed, muscles start to get heavy, breathing slows, heart rate slows. And in pure meditation, what you're wanting to do is just still the mind, just allow the mind to settle and completely still. And that's a difficult thing for a lot of people to do, but it can be hugely beneficial. 
and the mind can still wander and so people can fall asleep at times but it's meditation is unbelievably beneficial for for doing inner work i.e getting in touch with the bigger part of you um, hypnotherapy is much more specific however so meditation for stopping smoking or losing weight i don't think is hugely effective and if you added suggestions in meditation it would become hypnotherapy <laughs> there's a yeah there's a very close there's a close line between all of them yeah i went through a kind of a personal moment of i don't know whether crisis is too strong a term but but where where i decided that i really don't didn't like the way my life as it was and decided to take control of it one of the things mm. i also now do is 15 minutes of meditation the very first thing I do in the morning. That was very hard for me because I used to just reach for the phone and, and check my notifications. And if I did that, I felt some compulsion to respond right away and on and on the cycle went. So now I do my 15 minutes of meditation when I wake up and I do another 15 minutes just before dinner. But I've I've dabbled in a couple of things. I, I wonder whether you've looked into this. There's mindfulness meditation, which is very, very mm -hmm. popular everywhere now. And, you know, even Google yes. has put out this great book about it and it's wonderful. And then somebody suggested to me that um, mantra meditation was kind of like the next upgrade where you, you, you're you assigned or you pick a mantra. It doesn't have to be anything particularly fancy, just something sure. positive that resonates with you. Do, do you have a view on mindfulness versus mantra meditation and whether one is better or whether they can coexist? I, I think, of course, they can coexist. Mindfulness is a, is a wonderful technique, quite startling in its effects, but I, I, hmm, I've got some personal views on it, and um, I, I, these may not resonate with everyone, but my personal view is this, that hypnotherapy comes with a bit of baggage. People do think that it's controlling, even though it's not. And meditation comes with a bit of baggage uh, because people think it's a spiritual practice, and it can be. A lot of people meditate without any spiritual need or, or background. Yeah, yeah, I'm an atheist myself, and I, I still meditate. Yeah, Correct. But it does have that, meditation does have that image that it is, you know, it's a spiritual practice. And that's fair enough. I believe that mindfulness has become very popular because it doesn't have the baggage that meditation has, and it doesn't have the baggage that hypnotherapy has. And therefore... If I'm correct in that belief, because it doesn't have that baggage, it's been accepted academically much easier. And because it's been accepted academically, it's been researched. And because it's been researched, they have found unbelievably great benefits in these mindfulness practices. And of course, that's true. People get tremendous benefits from it. I would suggest, however, if they did the same research into hypnotherapy and a variety of different meditations, they would find the same benefits. But there is no doubt that the popularity of mindfulness and the fact that there's no barrier to doing it, really, it doesn't have the baggage that hypnotherapy and meditation has, has introduced this beautiful practice to a much, much wider audience. And that has to, that has to be hugely beneficial for everyone. Yes, and they can dovetail because one of the things I found when I made, you know, some people say you should take one change on at a time. And, and I guess that very much depends on how the individual works. For me, it was like, let's just shake it all up. Um, and what I found was when I was trying to 
get rid of my glasses of wine in the evening, was that if I did and woke up in the morning ready to do my meditation, the the remnants, as it were, of the alcohol actually made the meditation less pleasurable. And by contrast, mm. if I didn't have a glass of wine or two the night before my meditation, the meditation felt way better than the joy I got from having the wine anyway. <laughs> yes, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they can they they can all interconnect. I, I want to talk about your your apps and MP3 downloads because I scoured the app store for accessible options for um, hypnosis and stumbled across your apps, and I'm so glad I did. Uh, I've been using them for quite a few years and uh, have had the occasional correspondence with your app developer because you know you're the hypnotherapist and there's there's no rule that says you also have to be a major geek <laughs> on top of that so oh, i am but it's, it's true I, I don't do the technical side I'm yeah business partner mike that does the technical side and you've got a great partnership going on there and every so often i've contacted him when there's been a, a new app and there's been one or two minor glitches and and he always fixes them so i'm super impressed one of the well, the app that I, I really enjoy, because I, I got a whole bunch of, of smaller apps over the years that deal with specific subjects like quit drinking yep. and losing weight and things. But then you came out with this app called Relax Plus, and it's absolutely awesome because you can essentially mix and match. So you've got a range of inductions. Uh, some of the inductions you offer are quite meditative in nature, actually, like a mindful mm -hmm. induction involving use of the breath. Um, others are more what I would consider a more traditional hypnotic induction. Uh, they all get you to the same place. And then you can go ahead and you can build a series of um, programs that might deal with as many as three separate subjects. So perhaps losing weight and quitting or being more positive. And then at the end, finishing with a kind of a, a relaxing, going into sleep type uh, sure. module. It's a really cool concept uh it it's it, they're, they're all in-app purchases i think you may get a, a number of them with the app and then you can just add the purchases that you want for um for, for the things you're interested in yeah relax plus is uh, the, the app itself is free and it comes with a sort of very general relaxation topic free and as you say there are uh i i think there are probably maybe 35 yeah, or 40 different number. topics yeah. that are built in. And yeah. you can buy the whole lot in one hit, which does save you money in the long run if you want to it does. do that. Yeah. 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 Although, I mean, it's, you know, there are topics that some people simply don't need. But yes, you're absolutely right. There's a there's a big discount for uh, buying the, the full package. Is that also available on Android? It's not, unfortunately, for a variety of reasons. We are a small company and Relax Plus took a great deal of effort to get out on iOS and we are very proud of Relax Plus and it's been a great app. However, from a business point of view, there are downsides to it. Um, I have a list as long as my arm of, of topics that people want to have recorded. The unfortunate thing about Relax Plus is that when you put a specific topic in as an in-app purchase, it doesn't become searchable in the App Store. Mm. And people need to find the apps. So, for example, there, there could be a need for, um, oh, I don't know, let's just say fear of clowns. 
just to pull something out the air. You're right. There, there could be a demand for a, a, a product that's uh, for fear of clowns, circus clowns. And when you record that and you put it into Relax Plus, it doesn't become searchable in the App Store. So we had decided to do a Relax Plus eventually for Android, but we have gone down a, a different route now and we are building a new product, which at the moment is in beta test, and we're we're creating a subscription model where it will be web-based to start with, accessed through a browser on a phone or a, or a PC or whatever. And hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have native apps on Android and, and uh, iOS. And this is going to allow us to create a massive amount of content so at the moment, we've got a lot of meditations in it and mindfulness tracks. We're doing 21-day programs for habit-breaking and all the existing meditations that I have. And even Relax Plus is built into this new product that we're going to launch soon. We're very pleased with that because for the first time, a version of Relax Plus within this new product will be available for uh, Android users, which it hasn't been up until now. Are you still offering individual MP3 downloads? Yes, all my tracks are available as MP3s. In the same way that CDs are almost unheard of nowadays, MP3s are going the same way. Primarily because if your only access to the internet is a mobile device, a phone or a tablet, and that many, many people now are accessing the internet only on a mobile device, then uh, Apple and Google have constructed their devices in a way that it's difficult to, from your mobile device, to download an MP3 and have it on your phone or your tablet. And that's simply a monetary thing for them. They want everything to go through iTunes or Google Play. So the only way to put an MP3 onto, well, there are a few geeky and techy ways to put it onto a device, but the only the only sort of traditional way to do it is to download it to a desktop and load the MP3 into your your music player on on a Mac. It would be iTunes, and then sync that with your phone, and that puts the MP3 onto onto your device. So the MP3s have been hugely popular, but there is this barrier to people downloading them if they only have mobile devices. So this is wonderful. We're looking forward to your new product very much then. And people can find all of your apps. You still have the the individual apps as well as Relax Plus in the store. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Yes, we do. We've got 20 plus individual apps um, in iOS and probably about two thirds of them are available on Android at the moment. Every app that we released has got my name in it. So it's Relax with Andrew Johnson or Deep Sleep with Andrew Johnson. That was a conscious decision when we started in the App Store to make the titles with my name in them for no other reason than if you just have Meditate or Relax or Sleep, the, the titles are just going to get lost. When and how can we find out about your new product, which really does sound very intriguing? Are there ways that people can can hook into newsletters or information about your work so they can find out when this launches? Sure. Well, uh, the new product is called Holistrio, H-O-L-I-S-T-R-I-O, Holistrio, which is a portmanteau of holistic and trio. 
and we wanted to get a name that hadn't been used before so we could well in truth we wanted it so that we could get a dot com right, <laughs> and yes. also the, the the social media names so Halistrio is a brand new word for this new app and um, Halistrio.com is the site that people can go to and create an, a free account and listen to a, a, a couple of free recordings um, and we've got facebook.com Halistrio and twitter.com Halistrio and over the next I guess two to three to four weeks we'll be moving from, from sort of beta testing to putting it out it's a subscription service which means that you pay a monthly fee and some people we know will come for a month and use it and get what they need. And some people will use it for a couple of months and some people may dabble with it for a month and then not, you know, cancel the subscription and come back in a year if, if they want to do something else. And some people will continue to use it as they do with Netflix or any of the subscription services out there. I would suggest, however, to people who are listening to this podcast that they don't subscribe at the moment because it's in beta test, but we are going to offer a substantial lifetime discount to existing customers or people who just happen to be passing by and see that we're doing it when we launch. And this is because we know that there are people out there who are waiting for new products but have already invested in one or two or three or four or ten apps. And even though they are only $2, we do want to offer a, a substantial discount to people who are existing customers. And so we're very proud of this uh, new app. It's taken well over a year to build. It's taken a lot of time to record all the tracks. We are going to be building in a function where uh, I will be doing a live meditation once a week, which I'm really looking forward to. So people who subscribe can tune in and I will take them through a relaxation and we'll perhaps do some questions and answers afterwards. And it means that for the first time I can start doing some recordings that go a little deeper than we could do in the app, in the individual apps. So I'm starting to write 21-day programs for people who are going through um, or who have, shall we say, longer-term issues like arthritis and vasculitis and fertility issues and things like that. So it, I'm really, really excited about this. Well, I am too. I'm looking forward to checking that out. So it was a very timely thing that we, we got together now. I really appreciate you being so generous with your time and for all of the benefits that uh, you've sent my way over the years. So thank you for coming oh, on the podcast. Thanks, Jonathan. It's been absolutely lovely talking to you. Now, Andrew has kindly agreed to let us run a hypnotherapy session at the end of the Blind Side podcast. I did advise that we were going to do this at the beginning. You should now hopefully be in a position where you're not going to be disturbed, sitting down comfortably on a couch, an easy chair, whatever makes you feel comfortable, perhaps lying down. You may be listening to this at the end of your day maybe after a hectic day at the conventions. What a treat this will be for you then. What I am going to do is not play the standard outro at the end of this podcast so that if you drift off, 
then you won't be disturbed by the usual thank you outro at the end of this podcast. So it's just going to stop. Depending on how your podcast client is set up, it may proceed, of course, to the next podcast. But if you don't have your podcast client set that way, then it will simply stop. So if you drift off and go to sleep while this is on, then that's great. And we'll try not to disturb you at the end of the podcast. So I will thank you now for listening to The Blind Side. I want to thank Andrew Johnson for a fascinating interview and for letting us run this hypnotherapy session. And I will see you back next week. Here's Andrew to end the podcast. Hi, I'm Andrew Johnson. Take some time now to make sure that you're sitting comfortably. Put your feet on the floor. Put your hands on your lap. Take a nice gentle deep breath in. And out. And just allow your eyes to close. Just allow your eyes to gently close. Take your mind on a little journey down through your body, down through your legs, down into your feet. And become aware of the weight of your feet on the floor. And allow the muscles of your feet to relax. Now you can give them a squeeze and let go. Or you can simply just imagine them softening and loosening. Whatever way you want to do it, the muscles of your feet are starting to go limp and soft and slack. Allow the feet to relax. Up now into the calves. Just doing the same thing once again. Relaxing the muscles in your calves. And up through your knees into the thighs. Letting your thigh muscles switch off. Allowing them to become limp and slack. Up now into the stomach. Releasing and relaxing your stomach muscles. Now the muscles of your chest and all the way down your back, all the way down your sides, limp and soft and slack and relaxed. Up into your neck now, letting the muscles around and behind your neck soften and loosen, limp and slack. And down into the shoulders. Imagine your shoulders dropping, softening, limp and slack. And follow the relaxation down. Down through your arms, relaxing. Down through the elbows. Down through the wrists. Down into the hands and fingers and thumbs limp and soft 
and slack and relaxed. Now loosen your jaw. Wiggle it from side to side. Relax your mouth and your tongue. Relax the cheeks and the little muscles around your eyes. You can even relax your forehead and your scalp. So from the top of your head right down to your fingertips, right down to your feet and toes, the muscles are soft and limp and slack. As your muscles relax, very soon now they're going to start feeling a little heavier. This heavy feeling starts when muscles begin to relax. So do a quick scan down across your body now and notice which part of your body is starting to feel a little more relaxed, a little heavier, a little heavier. Notice which part is becoming a little heavier. And welcome and increase that heaviness. Imagine it increasing. And now imagine your entire body becoming heavier. As if it's wanting to sink down deeper and deeper into the chair. Just let your body go. Heavier and heavier. Heavier and heavier. Now become aware of your breathing. In and out. In and out. Notice the flow in and down into your lungs and back up and out. Notice the difference in temperature between the in-breath and the out-breath. And if it feels comfortable for you, if it feels natural, Take your breathing a little deeper down within you. Right down into the stomach. Let your stomach rise and fall as you breathe in and out. And notice how as you breathe out, it's as if you're relaxing a little more. As if all the muscles in your body are loosening and relaxing just a little more as you breathe out. Spend a few moments now, allowing each out-breath to take you a little deeper and deeper relaxed. 
in a few moments, you'll hear me count down from ten to one. And with each descending number between ten and one, just allow yourself to relax a little more. Maybe even relaxing one-tenth deeper with each slow descending number. Each descending number helps you to drift a little deeper, a little heavier, a little more comfortable too. So ready. Ten. Nine. Deeper and deeper. Seven, drifting down. Six, deeper and deeper. Five, four, doing wonderfully. Three. how easy that has become how easy the relaxation has been how simple how easy how relaxed even in this short time your breathing has got slower And because of this short relaxation afterwards, your mind is calmer and clearer. You have greater concentration. Your nerves are stronger and steadier. And your body remains more relaxed. And you are so much more relaxed with practice. More relaxed not only in your body, but more relaxed about yourself. If your mind wanders off, just drift back to your breathing. Allow each exhalation, each outbreath to take you deeper and deeper relaxed. In a few moments, you'll hear me count slowly from one to ten. As I count up from one to ten, 
you're becoming more alive, more awake, more energised, more alert. At five, wiggle your fingers and toes. At eight, gently open your eyes. And at ten, you're fully back, wide awake, rested and relaxed, bringing back a lovely sense of happiness, relaxation, feeling refreshed and recharged. So at five, wiggle your fingers and toes. At eight, gently open your eyes. And at ten, fully back, rested, refreshed and relaxed. So ready. One, two, three. Coming back up. Four, five. Wiggle your fingers and toes. Coming back up. That's right. Six, seven, eight. Eyes gently open. Eyes gently open. Nine, ten. Fully back. Fully awake. Fully aware. And just have a big, deep breath. And a nice, gentle stretch. Fully, fully awake.